All right, hello, welcome to the Creedcast. Thank you for listening. As always, David here, as per usual. Uh, just going to talk about a couple of things quickly today. Not too much to get into, but uh, well, maybe I guess I don't know. Um, the preview for so first up, we'll talk about the uh, our upcoming game this weekend, which while it has some things on the line it's also like not a whole lot on the line in the top four already secured it's not like a few years ago when we were um you know it was all all up in the air up until that last round um and then we somehow ended up in second anyway but um this year it's probably it's more likely that we're going to end up in third or fourth um you know second is an option uh but it's entirely dependent on the result of st kilda brisbane up at the gabba and i think brisbane in the form they're in i reckon they get the job done there uh, with you know kind of the the impetus of getting themselves a home route through to the uh the grand final themselves should they go that far um they've certainly got a lot of the line to play for and uh, i think they get that job done so i think we're basically just jostling for third or fourth which you know the win's still important um although i guess some people um have ridiculously suggested we should manipulate our way through to playing collingwood at the g instead but you know you just just finish as high as you can and then play play who's in front of you is always my belief if you're good enough you're going to get the job done um and that's really the kind of belief you should have have in yourself rather than manipulating an easy route so you predict if we win this weekend and all other results go as people probably expect, then we're going to finish um, exactly where we are, which is in third. Um, so, you know, to finish on a good winning run for the minor round is important, I think. Um, get some form in, and I'll, ch- I'll chat about a few of those things. And then I'll just um, give my brief thoughts after I talk about it, just in, in, if you want to hear them. Otherwise, you can switch off um, after you, after my brief little um, thoughts about the game this weekend. Um, but uh, after that, I'll uh, give my thoughts on the um, the contract extension to Hinkley that um, happened a week and a half ago, I guess now. Um, nothing crazy. I'm not going to get hot takey or anything like that. I'm just going to put out thoughts that um, I think are kind of, the I guess, the middle ground in the whole thing because I certainly know it's a hot-button issue and... Um, you know, I've, I've had my thoughts on it in the past and, and my reservations about his, the continued tenure as coach. But, um, you know, having seen the way the year's gone, it's not that I wish you couldn't um, wait until after the year, but it, it's kind of, I'll be coming at it from an understanding of, you know, this is unfortunately um, sometimes the downside of sports being a business is that there are business decisions that get made as well. And um, whether you agree with them or not, um, it's up to you. But, um, yeah. That's uh, I'll just chat about that briefly. But first of all, we'll talk about the game this weekend and and kind of you know what's going to happen there. All right, so it's an interesting Richmond side that comes to visit us in the last minor round game of the season, the home and away season coming to an end. Uh, we will have one more game at Adelaide Oval this year, um, at least, <laughs> dependent on results. It's more than likely we're away in the first week, and then hopefully we have a home prelim. Or uh, obviously, if we happen to lose the first week we'll have a home uh, semi-final so there is a lot uh, there is still a lot to play for in that sense um, I think just the most important thing uh, before I get into the sides actually is really we want to go in um, with form on our side I think it's really important to not toy with form that's why you know I never buy into the manipulation of results thing anyway but the people that were trying to suggest that would be a good way to go about things um you know if, if losses happen they happen but i think um if you're gonna want to be a side playing for a in contention for a flag you want to be hitting really hitting your straps at this point of the season and finding good form and having players confident it, it's it's you know you wouldn't want to go into the into the finals even if you finish in the top four with this a kind of a questionable result players kind of frustrated and 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 feel not feeling 
the flow of things as you know as, as the consistency in the game and, and just free-flowing kind of footy you know at best this year we've been defined by um instinctive free-flowing footy that's it based that is based on a structure and a game plan but we use utilize the um individual talents and instincts of of some of our best players like rosie and butters running through the middle and even horn francis his um his beautiful touch on the ball and and kind of as he's still developing his game he's already shown that he's got these um innate skills that are just quintessentially jason horn francis footy you know we already know kind of have this image of how he plays in our head same with butter same with rosie um you know boke um still uh you know uh, at his best and even the likes of bergman taking a big intercept mark and lacing it out and and things like that you know you have an idea in your head of these players and that the innate talents they have and you want to kind of see that kind of growth again um you know because we've had we've had some up and down weeks uh leading into the um into the into uh, the September uh, season, um, obviously the GWS win was an impressive way to get back on track. Last week was last week at Frio, but um, a tough place to go go and win sometimes. And a, particularly Frio, are probably a little bit better team than their uh, ladder position suggests at the moment. With some of the impressive wins they've had this year, so um, you know some players had some pretty good games last week. We saw Butters have a game that likely uh, you know you'd hope had some decent coaches votes in it and and all that. And I'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, we don't want to go toying with form. We want to find kind of find our way in this game. And actually, before I get to Richmond, I'll talk just as I'm talking about our side. Um, we'll have like this team selection for us is really actually not much changes um, as far as the overall squad goes. Um, but Will, Dylan Williams has been dropped to the subs, subs bench with Boke um, now in the uh, on the interchange bench in the starting lineup. Se- seen some questions about Williams as sub. I don't mind it. I don't like love it either. I think Williams has been playing pretty good footy. I don't think it's any. I'd assume you know with uh, the message to him would be you haven't done too much wrong. It's just we're going. It's kind of a matchups thing. And I was surprised. You know, Burton. I actually thought I was. You know, thought Burton might get rested, maybe or at least managed, um, just because of that uh, that knee grumble he had last week. But he's in the side, and so hopefully he's fine. Um, we all know what happened in 2020 when Burton couldn't couldn't make it through the finals, and um, you know we don't want to have any repeat of that. But um, I would imagine with you know Mackenzie still being out, um, Aaliyah down there, like Lockie Jones is like a bit bigger bigger body down there because um, you're not dropping. I know Burton's been dropped this year. Maybe you could have, but I think he's probably a little bit still bigger of a defender than Williams. Um, Bergman, obviously, they're not dropping. Dan Houston is is going to be an All Australian. Calling it, uh, we could have, we're calling it probably for a couple of months now, but absolutely calling it now. I just don't think. I think if Houston, Rosie, and Butters aren't in the All Australian side, then uh, we riot. Um, and Lockie Jones, I think, just provides a little bit more body and and physicality um, down there, and, and 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 as well as mobility, and he can kind of, you know, it, it's it's defensive structure and matchups. And I think if Trent McKenzie was in the side instead of Jonas, maybe Williams plays. Who knows? But um, it's all a guessing game as a fan, really, isn't it? Uh, but I don't think it's any slight on Williams, and he'll he will certainly come off the bench at some point. I think uh, if hopefully we can get the game on ice uh, early ish, and then you can start making some management decisions from that point on. And you know maybe some people say, well, why didn't Boke just start as a sub again? And maybe it's just the thought that get get a full game into Boke's legs off the off of the interchange bench again. Um, he's Boke. Uh, do we? It's needless to say he's one of the. Port Adelaide greats. He's an incredibly talented player. Um, 
obviously taking a step back this year. But I think there's been he's had a few injuries. He's had that injury grumble at the start of the year, which I just don't think allowed him to get into the season um, in true Boke form. And I think he's still got a lot left in him, to be honest. Um, obviously, we've got a midfield group that's really um, put the squeeze on selection with Horn Francis probably coming in, really having an impact there. Um, Ollie Wines has been finding his form again lately, and obviously Rosie and Butters have just taken taken hold of that midfield. And then you've got Willem Drew in there as well, and Dersmer out the wing, and you just, you, just, you just suddenly you're finding it's like whoa. And then you know even the, you know we tried Boke at the high half forward position years back, but now we've got Willie Rioli in there, and Jed McEntee and Darcy Byrne Jones is reinvented down there, and now Sam Palpepper has really found his form down there. So it's just like Boke. Uh, it incredibly is part of this selection squeeze, but he's getting a run off the bench and uh, and he's fully deserving of it as well. So, um, yeah, I'm not too worried about the dealing with it. You know, some people have, you know, act shocked when a guy that's in pretty good form, but this is what happens when you're a good side in the top four in good form is that there's, you know, you hope to have depth and sometimes a, something that might be thought of as a head scratcher is going to happen because, you know, it's... That's just how it is, and particularly in a game like this that, um, again, it's not that it's meaningless, but there isn't a whole lot riding on it either. We're not finishing out, so we're going to have the double chance either way. It's just a matter of seeding and all that stuff. We don't want to toy with form, but again, um, you know, it's just there isn't as much on the line. There's no other way to put it as as some years when you go into the final round and you're still, you know, trying to jostle for it and, and secure a top four and double chance position. That's just not where we're at. So it gives you the ability to maybe... But we haven't really tinkered much. It's really just one in, one out. And um, and certainly, as I said, I think Dylan Williams, whether it's the game's been put on ice or we need to do a little tactical change-up, he'll get he'll come off the bench. Because, you know, he can, he, he has played up forward as well. He's a, he's a versatile sub. Obviously, um, his reinvention um, on the back in the back lines has been revolutionary and... and, and and really has cemented himself as part of our future um, when, you know, at the end of last year, I think we were even wondering if he was going to make this year's team. And, you know, it's it's just, it's been an incredible uh, turnaround for his career. But um, so I don't, you know, there's not much to read into it apart from it's just a little bit of a little bit of a tinkering uh, without tinkering with too much and, and given, you know, given Boke a bit more of a run leading into finals. And um, yeah, Dylan Williams is still going to feature very heavily going forward this year and and into the future as well. So, not too much concern there. Um, the, what I'm really looking forward to in this game is like we've been starting to see the last few weeks. Um, you know, Horn Francis had a little period where, and maybe that back grumble that was mentioned in an injury report, how much that actually was much of a grumble. But you know, he had been a bit quiet. But the last couple of weeks, um, even down at Geelong. Um, he was really good, and then uh, GD Wilson, uh, you know, he's had some. He's getting clearances. He's getting goal involvements. He's he's getting a goal, you know, a goal most games, which is always. I think it's always important when one of your your stud midfielders just chips in with a goal, and if a few of them are like you know, Butters is often chipping in with a goal. Rosie will chip in with a goal or two. If they're all chipping in, um, it's really a healthy thing to have from your midfield. Um, so they've all come uh, come back into some pretty good form lately, and I think Butters, uh, you know, Butters for him, this game will be about both having another, you know, being the top three of the best on ground, get some coaches' votes, because uh, we don't know what happened last week uh, with the coaches' votes, but I know the last tally was he was seven behind Dacos, and last, year, last week I would think he'd have at least seven. 
Um, so he'd be right up with the Dacos now, and you know he has another performance this week that gets him in the votes. It might be what clinches in the coaches' award. Not that individual awards matter that much uh, in the grand scheme of things, but it is still something to be proud of. So, and I'm sure he won't be going out looking for that. But let's just hope he has a great game and can get into that conversation as well as you know there's Brownlow votes. I don't think Butters is going to quite do enough to win the Brownlow. Um, I particularly I think there'll be games when. Um, you know, Rosie steals some from him. You know, Houston in some games, but I think he's gonna he's gonna tally all right. I think we might have a good team tally of votes this year. Uh, it just won't be an individual, and that does enough outside of one of the others to do it. But you know, who knows? So a good performance will go a long way there. But beyond the midfield group, what I really want to see is our forwards uh, a little bit more of an idea of what our forward structure is going to be because you know that's been the frustration we saw uh, Finlayson look a little bit frustrated last week. Uh, Marshall, while going okay, is still just not quite um, hit the straps that we saw him, you know, particularly last year. And, um, you know, his kicking's left him a little bit again as well after he'd been so reliable for probably a year and a half. He's he's, he's shanking a few a little bit more. Because, you know, often when he was at his best, even if he was missing, he'd be missing just near left, near right. Like, it wouldn't be... But he's, he's shanked a few of, of late, so I kind of want to see him find his, find his range again. Um, and, you know, Ollie Lord... Uh, I actually really like there's not much too much criticism of him uh, because he's still so young into his career compared to the other two um, certainly got no complaints about Ollie Lord's mark and his hand his hands above his head really good um, just kind of fine he, we just need to find the structure a little bit more defined um, so you know things like that will be important but yeah, that's really what I kind of want to see most. I think we'll be fine. Otherwise, uh, I think Richmond, um, just looking at Richmond's side. So obviously, um, last week was a big celebration for Richmond in um, they were uh, farewelling Jack Revolt and Trent Cotchin, um, two champions that really defined their uh, uh, their run, um, their premiership run, and even uh, prior to that, their run through the uh, gauntlet of being quite terrible and having a lot of questions asked and Dimmer almost fired and all that stuff. You know, they stuck they stuck fat and uh, and reaped the rewards late in their career. And um, so they played the last game last week and they're now retired. They're not playing. They're not playing this week. They wanted to do the farewell at the G and then and then be done with it. So they've got Tom Brown and James Trezizi. Hopefully I've spelled James Trezise. James Trezizi. Um, apologies, I don't know how to pronounce that, so I'm probably butchering it. It's no, no, uh, not me doing giving any shade. It's just I'm just reading it as I think I should read it. Um, so they're both coming in for a debut alongside um, Jacob Bowers coming back into the side. I think he's played four or five games, and Sam Banks. So they're really coming along with the uh, as the he- as their um, headline on their website said, uh, Tiger Cubs. Uh, they're bringing along uh, along with you know they've got a fairly young side there. I think Dion Presti is out um, with a knee knee complaint that they're kind of just managing. I think he could play if they were you know it actually is um, legitimately listed as managed. So it's probably one of those ones that maybe they give him they'd risk him if there was something on the line. There's not so um, Cameron and McIntosh and Marlon Pickett out as well. So. Pretty young side. Obviously, Dustin Martin's still in there. They've still got some good players. And Tim Taranto, who's actually had a pretty good year, um, could be up there for Brownlow. I'm not actually sure. I haven't kept too much an eye on, like, week in, week out, but he's always been playing pretty well this year. So um, maybe something individually on the line for him. But otherwise, I think with a, a host of changes, um, a forward line, uh, the first time we'd have played Richmond in fucking years that we don't have to face Jack Revolt or... Uh, 
um, Tom Lynch, uh, which is uh, an incredible thing to think of. Uh, you know, only a few years ago, that was just one of the most deadly Ford pairings that you could think of. Um, but you know, it's a pretty it's a pretty young side now, um, a side that's been shaken up a little bit with the ins and outs. Um, we saw what that did to us a few weeks ago against Carlton. So I think not that they won't be plucky. Um, you know, often you see the young players come in, they really want to have a show. But I just think overall, uh, you'll find there's a little bit of a dysfunction, not dysfunction, just disjointedness that happens when a side changes a lot and they're already in a bit of flux. Um, I think this will just be a team that maybe shows a bit of pluck. Um, but I'd ultimately be expecting to win this one by, you know, I'd hopefully seven goals minimum um, would be a good showing for me, I think, just going into the finals. Uh, I certainly don't want us going risking ball, balls to the wall for, for for four quarters. I don't think percent you know our percentage at this point just can't change enough to make any impact on that. Um, I know it's unfortunate that our, our ladder positioning can still be defined by percentage at the moment, um, and the fact is that if we finish equal with one of these top four teams, then we're going to be lower. Um, but you know that was a concern two three months ago when we could still change that. Um, you know, we'd have to win by. I don't I haven't even done the math. I just think it's like probably impossible to to change that enough um, uh, this late in the game. So get a nice six seven goal win, um, and I'll be pretty happy. Uh, I think going into the finals, just you know, no injuries or anything like that either. Just uh, a nice rolling win forward. Maybe you know, Marshall has you know kicks three. Ollie Lord and Finlayson pop up with a couple each. That kind of forward line uh, mix of goals. You know, Pal Pepper chips in with his one or two. Um, you know, Darcy Ben Jones. All those things that we want to. All those guys we need to see score and just having a decent game. Not expecting you know great bags or anything like that. Just everyone just a little bit of flow, a little bit of some good decisive forward fifty entries. Um, the defense looking okay because we're still going to be you know I'd, I'd assume Trent. McK- I think Trent McKenzie's two to three weeks away. Um, so I guess I'm, you know he could be a a sneaky chance at that uh, qualifying final, but I, I wouldn't want to risk him either. So we probably likely will see a pretty similar defensive matchup in that first week of finals. Uh, so a defensive matchup, defensive uh, defensive pairing of pairing. Fuck me. Um, you know what I mean? The defensive group is the word I'm looking for. Fuck Jesus Christ. It's Friday. Um, so, <laughs> Uh, with that in mind, you know, I kind of just want to see uh, what this is, you know, mostly the side we're going to see in the first week of finals. So we want to see kind of what, just those things just continually, continually, continuing to develop. Jesus Christ, I need a break in a second. Um, you know, like I said, the forwards getting forwards getting some goals, a little bit more structure to that, um, decisive entries. And then, yeah, like, uh, yeah, that, that defensive... Defensive group uh, continuing to kind of just quietly motor along okay because I think Jonas, you know, he was a bit of a scapegoat earlier and um, and particularly with some of his uh, games that he played that went up to the standard we expect and he's still not the player he was but he's he's been a bit um, serviceable the last couple of weeks and and certainly want to see him continue kind of just finding that having those strides in his game that he can this year and then seeing that the kind of defensive group has that trust and structure within each other to, um, to you know, defend well. Um, and if all that kind of comes together this week and we have a nice comfortable win, a decent win, um, and one that doesn't show any glaring holes uh, and, you know, that we can get through and, and just keep working towards finals. All right, I said I'd give my um, thoughts on the Hinkley extension. I really, this is 
it's always tough to talk about because it's such a hot button issue and some people listen to anything you say like, is it even remotely just kind to a human being as such as Ken Hinckley and, and take it as you being a, a Hinckley simp um, which isn't at all where I'm coming from I think it would have been it was silly to expect anything different I think after the way the season I mean at the start of the season maybe but um, once we went on the 13 game streak and all that stuff um, and kind of got ourselves into the conversation that we were probably going to finish top four and at this and you know since then have clinched it and then it makes it I mean you can talk about finals record you can talk about not making a grand final all those things are valid criticisms and criticisms I share um, you know I still have the question can he get a side to the level that we need to and now you look at you know 2014 2020 and go well it's just a goal or less in it um and sometimes that can just come down to a little bit of you know luck or but then you know the other criticism is like the mental fortitude it takes to get through those moments you know does he have that what it takes to get a group to that point but then again it's just sometimes you know that heartlet deliberate out of bounds against richmond was bullshit and um and you know maybe just a moment momentary different sliding doors moment with brett ebert and that smother in the uh last minute of the hawthorne game in 2014 and things are different you know it's just it's so so many minuscule moments that maybe it could have been different um but that doesn't excuse the fact we haven't gotten there and that's a valid criticism uh, and certainly 2021 is something that still stings me quite deeply um, how a group could go out there that unprepared against a side that was you know the Western Borders just played a brilliant game and you know Bailey Smith had one of his best games and you know that group just came together and they, they came together in a way um, that was incredible really um, and, but you know now we're you know two years later and now Luke Beveridge is being questioned for losing to West Coast um, at home and when they're in finals position they still incredibly are able to make finals um, and and whereas Hinkley's you know safer than houses after so you know it's it's weird at the moment it just shows how things quickly things can change in AFL footy but you know that prelim was a stinging moment and I still wonder what happened and how that can happen um, and that's a that's a criticism of the players as well but the coach is a part of that. The players are a part of the coach's career. The coach, coach is a part of a player's career. Um, and all these things come together a little bit. Um, but he has made th- three top four finishes in the last four years. Um, and this year, it's just, I think it was quite ridiculous to expect that any, uh, once the season went deep into the way it was going and Port were playing good footy and, and the development of some of our players has been really impressive, some of our younger players. Um, still have questions about forward structure and whatever, but that's, this isn't the discussion for it. Um, I unfortunately, um, while I agree with people that it would be nice to wait until the end of the season, um, my, my counter to that is also, can you imagine if we were now um, locked into top four and then we have the two weeks before the finals, how ridiculous the media would be if Hinkley wasn't signed up yet? It would be a distraction. I can imagine just how, you know, AFL 360, I know a lot of people talk about Jared Waitley and how he talks about it and, and a lot of the people in the media that, um, you know, are quite friendly with Ken or, or just have high praise for Ken. There's there's good reason they have praise for Ken as well. I'll, I'll say that. Um, you know, he has got a, you know, there's a lot of good qualities to Ken's coaching as well, which is, um, you know, going to trigger some people. But, you know, that's the truth of it. Um 
you know, we see the way he manages the players and, and their personalities and, and how he, you know, emboldens them to be, you know, better versions of themselves and better players. And, you know, we see the likes of Zach Butters and Connor Rosie's development going onwards and forwards and particularly Butters with his early years and, and troubles. Um, you know, there's a lot of these guys that do uh, ride hard for him. So that's got to be taken into account as well. Um yeah, I can just imagine the distraction it would be um, if we did try to wait until the end of the season for the finals. And ironically, I think it would probably scuttle the finals as well. Now, who who knows if we're good enough? Um, I have questions again this year. I don't. And some of the inconsistencies and some of the embarrassing losses this year have been alarming to me. And and against, uh, I looked at two showdown losses that have been pretty um, emphatic and say, I don't know how we don't get a side up for those. Um, and they kind of, you know, showdowns do have a finals-like atmosphere, and that's, again, that's a that's a question. There's a question I have. So do I, you know, do I think um, he's the best man going forward? I don't know, and that's the truth. But I don't like the losing your mind over it. I don't like the personal attacks, all those things. Um when we are in a position of being in the top four, it's just, it is quite different to if a side's, you know, wallowing away down the bottom or anything like that. We are making strides within seasons. Last year was an aberration, but, and yes, you know, there's all the classic Port Adelaide stuff where we exist to win premierships and all that stuff. We're different to other clubs in that sense that we have that expectation, but there is also the fact that this isn't the SANFL anymore and this isn't gaslighting fans or anything like that either it's just it is just the reality of being in a professional modern sports league based off of the draft system and all these things that you're just not going to win the way that you did at the SANFL level it's incredible and you can get the dynasties and we've seen three of them over the past and four really uh, over the past 20 years that shows that once you get to the top and win you can and if you do the right things with player recruitment and retention you can stick around for a bit, but inevitably it'll fall away. Brisbane fell away for a while. Um, Hawthorne have fallen away and are in a rebuild, but, you know, promising again. Uh, Geelong, probably the only team that's really bucked the trend for a long time um, from really 2007 through to last year, um, mostly making finals most years. I think there was one year they missed, so this year's, uh, you know, one or two years, and then this year they're going to miss. So you know, maybe they're finally, but it takes a pretty special, and Geelong are probably in a unique situation down there. Um, and they've done a pretty good job of making it stick, but you know, they, I think they're going to start finding it a bit tougher over the next few years. Um, you know, they might have a good year next, a decent year next year maybe, but I think once some of the, the Hawkins and the Camerons and stuff start going away and a few of those others, um, they'll find their uh, hand... Um, changes a little bit so yeah there is all these situations where you can get that little dynasty going but it doesn't it doesn't last um for most of the time you know richmond finding out right now as well and it's come pretty quickly you know it's only three years after they won their third one um so yeah that's really my position on it is i get the criticisms and i i i have questions about it um i would my other thing, though, is I do look at when Josh Carr pulled out of the race um, or pulled his name out of contention for um, the Richmond job or and really any other job because it seemed to be he suggested um, and it's been mentioned since in the media that um, his wife is happy and is, she's an Adelaide girl, apparently. Um, I don't know much about personal lives of the Carr family, but Adelaide girl, and they're pretty happy to be back here. 
Um, they want the kids to kind of settle in here with schools. Oh, here, I say that as I'm sitting in Los Angeles, but you know, you know what I mean. Um, in in Adelaide, um, it seems that they want their kids to kind of settle in and go and and not have a too much of a jumbled schooling. So you know, stick with um, Adelaide for a while if they can, um, which seems to give a couple of years, I think. And I would, you know, people and succession plans are kind of fraught with danger. I think anyway. And I like that they, you know, because it seems to have been suggested that there's an unofficial succession plan in place. Um, Hinckley seems to have suggested, Hinckley even said himself he hopes Josh would be a Port Adelaide coach one day, which I think seems to suggest that, um, I don't think Hinckley's thinking he's gone in two years, but maybe he knows that if he hasn't got them across the line, he, he might be happy to, they might be happy to shake hands and, and move on to, car and you know car just continues in his role so i think there's that's a just a theory i have in my mind i've got no no uh no inkling or no inside knowledge or anything like that to suggest that's the case i just think that that might be the the way that they're going forward is that car sticks in his position he has been a really really revelationary part of the coaching structure this year he's not coaching he's not the head coach he's just part of it um but he's been really important, and I think they've seen that the kind of the mix they've got at the moment is working okay. Um, maybe a few recruits in the off season if we don't get there this year, and and we can just kind of see where it goes next year. And I get the history of Hinkley having been around for so long that it's it's gone long in the tooth and too long in the tooth for some. But I just don't know if a move right now um, to a completely different coach um, would do great things for this group because the group seems pretty together that's my other criticism always is if you want to hate on the coach and and call in names and and get really nasty as some people do on the internet then you got to do it at the players too because they're part like i assume most of the group seems pretty happy about it i saw one of the reporters said that they were there the day that hinkley they kind of were outside the room when the news got announced to the players and there was a lot of cheering and and happiness so the group seems pretty okay with it um it doesn't seem like there's any player revolt or players, you know, downing tools or anything like that. They all seem pretty invested. So, yeah, I guess my point being that, unfortunately, I get it. Like, I get the criticisms, and I'm I'm not sure he's the right man going forward either, but I'm not going to lose my mind about it while we're in the top four either. It's just, I think it's just you're in a rock and a hard place a little bit, and um, you've kind of just got to... Uh, yeah, I think getting it done before the finals takes away that. You know, I would have... In a perfect world, I think you wait until after finals, but unfortunately, it's not a perfect world. It's a business as well. Um, and it's hard sometimes as a fan to kind of, kind of you know, collate those two things together and, and, and enjoy it because um, it makes it tough when you, you want to see passion and, and, and all those things without the business side of it. But unfortunately, the sport as we know it doesn't exist without the business side of it. And those things are... Are a part of it, and I guess Port did say we'd leave it to August all, all year. Um, they did. They saw where we were in August and kind of went, "Okay, well, that's pretty good." So, <laughs> um, and people lost their minds once it got announced. Um, you know, but they were all pretty quiet through the win streak. So it's kind of it just shows that people are just people are complaining when things are going badly, and people will be fine when it's going fine. Um, and by and you know the people in the middle ground um, that are of similar mindset to me, I appreciate that they you know kind of do just say, look, we're not 
completely stoked with it but we can uh, we can you know you can see the reasons why like you, you do devil's advocate in your own head and you go well, yeah what 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 are you meant to do as a business in that position um i don't no team in australian football sacks their coach or doesn't or tells them they're not getting a new contract when they're sitting in the top four and have had a 13 game win streak and had some pretty impressive wins in that it just doesn't happen we'd 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 be criticizing other teams if they did it um and other fan bases and saying your teams are you know a weird mob doing it so yeah i don't know it's a tough position to be in as a fan too because i I get the criticisms but unfortunately i just think uh for this season the way it's going um it was something that would have proved too much of a distraction if we went forward without any um kind of a resolution to it and it would have been a distraction that would have scuttled the finals now finals could just get scuttled because he's not the right man too and that might happen and then we're gonna you know i know we're gonna be the internet's gonna be a shit show if we go out and straight sets or whatever but at the end of the day we'll get through it and move on and if it doesn't get any better from here then he won't be coaching a year or two i, don't, I just don't i don't think uh you know if we go next year goes badly um really steps aside or, or even just it gives it you know next year and then you know if the the second year of this extension um continues in that sense i just think i don't think he coaches out the two years if it starts going south from now so that's kind of where i'm just okay with it that we we take a chance one more chance in him this year and then see where it goes and uh yeah that's where my thoughts are at don't at me don't do any of that shit because i know i've already argued with a bunch of the idiots that do that you know you're not it's it's just an opinion, man. Like, it's not going to change anything. Um, I'm not involved at the club or anything. This is completely independent. Um, it's just my opinion on it, and uh, that's about it, you know. I think most sane people that listen will see that I'm conflicted on it, but I'm ultimately just choosing not to be a fucking madman about it and just kind of accept um, and move forward. While I'll always be critical, like, if it starts going south again, like, I, I, I agreed with a lot of... Um, you know what Treadray said at the start of the year and I agree with a lot of the other things Treadray says and um, if you go into his Twitter likes um, you know don't agree with a lot of it but you know I, I understood that there's that little bit of um, there is a little bit of uh, contention between certain groups of former players at Port and you know Tim Genova's been the same he's been critical of um, Hinkley decisions and and decisions by the club too so it's not just um there's there's people around that have those criticisms and and they're valid and and you know but I think that's what happens when you have a you know 152 year old club now uh, 153 year old club now um, with lots of history and lots of ideas and lots of passions behind it is there's going to be different differing points of view and opinions and a lot of time they all come from a valid place of of love for the club and and wanting to see the club do well and often they're kind of you know they might be two degrees five degrees 15 degrees left of or right or north or south of wherever you might be you might not be too far away on things you just fun you just disagree on a certain way of doing things and uh, i think that's important to remember is that we all kind of want the club to do well we just sometimes have slightly differing opinions of where it's how we get there or the methods um that we take or the morality behind um how we treat the people at the club at the times and and do we want to be the club that sacks a coach every two or three years and uh, or do we want to be the club that has the the coach for 12 11 12 years and 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 sticks by him even though all, all metrics say you shouldn't um and i see both of those points of view and and go you know no one's right and no one's wrong it's just there is a gray area of differing of opinion and i'm just choosing to kind of 
you know, be calm about it. Keep being critical, and I will be intensely critical of finals peter out as the but you know we don't know what's happening going forward yet and i just sometimes i just choose to live in hope because it's something even though i can be quite cynical and as a history student that studied you know 20th century history mostly and and differing differing moments of just world pain and hurt hurt and 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 global conflict and all those things that are just completely and utterly depressing to you know my thesis thesis class to finish my degree was on fucking dictatorships and comparing and contrasting different dictatorships and how that horribly they treated their peoples so i i have a lot of cynicism about the world and sports and and things like that but i also try to to try to counter that um within my own psyche i i I try to live with just a little modicum of hope going forward whether that be in sports or life Um, i try to keep that little bit um that's what I'm choosing to do with the, this Hinkley extension. Really, is um, is just choose to just hope that maybe there's a better better road forward. But also, you know, realistically in my mind, I understand it may not be, it still may not happen. And and I'll reserve those, I'll reserve criticisms um, a bit more for then. Um, but for now, um, you know, we're sitting in the top four. We're going to finish in the top four for the minor round, and then we're going to be gearing up for a pretty important final series. So um, to have it be a little bit more distraction free I think is ultimately a good thing for the group so that's about it I don't know if that made much sense uh, I tried to just speak freely rather than having the re- I tried writing down a few things but then just I kept on changing it I realized I was never going to get to a point that I was happy with what was written down so I thought I'd just freewheel it for 15 minutes or so so that's about it um, hopefully we're going to win this weekend continue going into the and, and you know go into the finals uh, you know on form on the back of if we win this weekend it'll be a three game winning streak again it's just a season of streaks um, you know, that one game streak uh, against Brisbane th- to start the season's the only only single game win or loss streak we've had all year so um, yeah beat Richmond go into the ga- go into the se- uh, final series uh, you know strong uh, hopefully you know knock on wood no injuries this week, and uh, my cat's just confused as I've been knocking on the knocking on the table. Um, and uh, yeah, gear up for an important final series, and, and see where the rest of the year takes us. Also, um, last note: uh, get your memberships for the women's side if you haven't already. Um, they start up in uh, next week uh, in the bye week, so uh, you know I think we're starting off with a showdown as well. Uh, which is away so uh, but you know the girls are looking really good they've had a couple of really nice practice matches um, you know some of the new recruits coming in like Matilda Scholes and uh, and the Rucks looking like she's going to be really important this year and that's been one area that we you know kind of uh, as we develop um, that's going to be really important um, you know all the you know Gemma Houghton's back fit kicking goals kicking snags Julia Teagle's looking good down at forward and obviously a big recruit Ashley Saint down there as well um you know and everyone's look, looking reasonably fit and ready to go and you know I think we beat St Kilda in one of the practice matches and who else do we I think GWS as well uh, possibly the same week we played GWS in the in the men's side of the competition um a couple of good preseason wins. I know preseason doesn't mean anything, but still form, finding the goals, finding those things, um, really important to see out of the girls and hopefully um, you know a few more wins this year and, and growth in the side. So uh, yeah, get your memberships for the girls if you haven't already. Really affordable as well, I think, because because we, we were foundation members last year, um, and I think it's ninety five to get yourself a game going membership, or you can get fifty dollars. Uh, that's per person, or you can get a fifty dollars membership to. Um, just be a supporter as well. So if you're not able to make games, you know, do that. Um, but we actually, I looked at my members' account, um, 
and saw I had the invoice ready there and mine was only $75 each for a game membership which obviously we can't go and I'll be offering those up for free I think um, or maybe just a small donation whatever I'll figure it figure that out soon um, I think I might do it free just if anyone needs to go and doesn't have tickets I might try to give the opportunity that people can go um, you know see the girls and support them so yeah keep an eye out for that um, but yeah, my tickets were seventy-five dollars. Like, so maybe there's a discount there for you know if you're re-upping from a previous membership. So if you had game-going memberships last year and you're not sure about, or you haven't just looked into it yet, go to your membership account and look at the invoices waiting there for you. Because if it's all working the way it should, they just it just is there waiting for you to um, pay for it if you want to pay for it. Um, and like I said, mine was cheaper than I was expecting it to be. So um, that's a good initiative by the club if that's what they're doing. Um, yeah, so it was 150 for me to re-up our, you know, two memberships for the for the girls this year and ticket ticket going memberships and also, it's incredible value really when you consider, um, you know, memberships for AFL sides. Obviously, well, you can get some pretty cheap memberships for the AFL men's, but um, you can also it can also be pretty expensive as well for reserve seating and all that stuff. So, the fact that you can get down and and you're getting to see a beautifully continuing to be redeveloped Albert and Oval, but um, you know, considering where Albert and Oval was. Only a few years back, um, the redevelopment of the precinct and the port club and all that stuff, and and the store and the museum, and then the redevelopment of just the oval in general for the AFL women's competition. And as we've seen in the training training footage of, of late, um, the redevelop you can see the the new facilities going on over on that far side um, as well. You know, the oval's changing, uh, but uh, it's still incredibly historic, and it's just such a wonderful place to go hang out and have a beer, um, you know, watch the girls play footy. I, I loved going down there last year. We went to went to most of the home games last year and um, just, just absolutely adored the experience and just um, how fun it was to be watching an AFL competition <clears throat> in such a historic ground and in such a historic place. They've got lights down there now as well, so we'll see some night games. Um, just so much to look forward to about the season with the girls between the, the side that's uh, you know such a young side that we, we built, built last year through the draft and acquisitions um, and a few change, a few acquisitions over this off season as well that looks to be putting our side in a bit more of a competitive stead so <coughs> excuse me sorry um, so yeah really excited for that um, I think it's uh, it's going to be a fun season so Get your memberships if you haven't. If you were a foundation member and a game-going member last year, uh, check your accounts if you haven't already and, and see what's there because you might be getting it. Um, yeah, Just uh, re-up and keep supporting them. Um, the membership numbers for the AFL Women's uh, are important for the overall club memberships as well. And like I said, memberships just go, go towards the club as well. So it's uh, another avenue of a way to support Port um, and go down and support a team playing uh, proudly in the Port Adelaide Colours in the AFL competition. Um, there's money towards the club as well. So get around it, support the girls, um, and, and you know, gear up for an important final series on the men's side as well. Jeez, there's a lot going on. All right, can't the pair.